Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Sync. Welcome back, everyone, to a bonus episode of The Unqualified Therapist. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Ding dong. (laughs) Yes. I love the ding dong. Is it the most wonderful time of the year, friends? I don't know. It's complicated. Yes, that's a an excellent word for it. It's a complicated time of the year. complicated. And our goal, all of our goals, is to make it the most wonderful time because guess what? You're in charge of your own life. Who knew? Who knew? You can say no. Exactly. It's it's like those memes that you see where where they say, who thought it was a good idea to put me in charge of people and myself? Like, I'm just like an adult out here, like having to make decisions and feed myself and get myself clothed every day. Like, who thought that was a good idea? I need supervision. But you know what? If I have to do all those other adulting things, then I also get to say, no, thank you. That makes it all worth it. I will take no supervision for that. Yeah, it does take time and it takes practice and it takes confidence and it takes working through some shit. But we are here to say that you do not need to spend the next month and a half in your own personal hell. Oh, please don't. I've done it for too many years. That is not to say anything poor about family situations or anything over here, but yeah, boundaries. It is time for boundaries. Yes, and we talked to Dr. Katie today about boundaries, and she breaks it down for us. We love Dr. Katie. She has the answers. (laughs) She does. She does have the answers and, you know, made it very clear that we all are in different family situations. We all have different families, different relationships and dynamics. dynamics. Yeah. But there is a lot of similar ways to handle specific situations which could come up even in the best of family situations we are going to dive in with her about that so our discussion with dr katie is going to help prepare you for when you have your own experiences with your version of snl's drunk uncle (laughs) well the holiday season is upon us once again and that means spending time with family here with his advice on how to manage the holidays please welcome drunk uncle It is great to be here hosting Saturday Night Fever. 
So, uh, John Gunkel, are you excited for the holidays? The holidays are not what they used to be, Seth. You know? I mean, you know, kids, they need to pull up their pants, Seth. <laughs> kids today, kids today, they're always saying, text me, text me, text me. Don't you write a letter, you dummy? A letter to who? You can't even say Merry Christmas anymore. You gotta say, hey, baby Jesus, you wanna do Pilates? <laughs> or, or are you on a cleanse? John Gungle, everyone. It's your I know it's my bad. Get it. The world is gone mad, and we're all a bit lost. Everyone is sad, and it's all at what cost. Don't be scared, friends. No, don't be afraid. We have some answers with our friend, Dr. Katie. So we've called in the qualified, and we have Dr. Katie here to help us out and navigate the holidays with our families. Hi. Welcome back. <laughs> Another easy topic. <laughs> Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nothing like sleep. Right. Well, I mean, no. think about it. The things we talk about, they're big and they're common. So it's stuff that we're dealing with yeah. constantly, but what do the holidays do? They magnify everything. This is true. Help us, as we say every time, help. Oh, <laughs> so we're contemplating get-togethers and actually, so I think this holiday season is interesting because there might be more people involved as we kind of come out of the pandemic into the endemic. People are kind of changing how they handle things or people got used to smaller gatherings. So it's kind of unclear to me what everybody's situation is because I know everybody's kind of reintegrating at different times and in different ways. But it seems like, first of all, the holidays just kind of are about to smack us in the face came quicker than usual everybody's kind of talking so about that and then it's what do i do in some ways many of us had a nice little cocoon during the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> and now like it or not we're out of it out of the cocoon maybe out of other things too and into the real world, into potentially our families, seeing more friends. And with that can come a lot more complications. And I think the number one thing, probably the number one thing that we talk about with so many things, but particularly with holidays and being around a lot of people is boundaries. I have to say, there's part of me that gets a little annoyed, upset, irritated with all of the pop psych stuff and, you know, pay attention to this and watch that and self-care and boundaries and, and narcissism. But guess what? Like, there's a reason everybody is talking about this and it's because boundaries are so important and there are so many different kinds of boundaries that I feel like I could talk about this forever. So somebody, again, get the gong ready. Just be like, Katie, what about this? Like, are you sure you want to keep going? But there are boundaries we can set on our time. There are boundaries we can set on geographical locations. There are boundaries we can set in terms of what we will talk about. Um, we can set boundaries with specific people and Another thing that's interesting to me is I have a big, this isn't that interesting. I have a big close knit family. And generally, maybe this is interesting. We get along like really well. So it wasn't until I was practicing as a therapist that I realized how 
difficult holidays and families can be for people. You know, my family would be like, so are you going to be here? I'm like, I'm working. They're like, you're working Christmas Eve? I'm like, oh, yes. Like, you're not slow this time of year. Like, no, 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 no. We, no. I am meeting with my people. We are setting up plans for how to communicate things. You know, what kind of time are you going to spend? What is your, your limit for I'll stay either an amount of time or when conversation turns to this topic, I'm out. And I think it's really tough. It's also tough when you have a partner, spouse, significant other, and you have to see their family too. Because I think a lot of us are better (laughs) at managing our own families and our responses to them than going to visit someone else's family and maybe having to tolerate different things than what we're used to. So the train is just running here, but if you- Yeah, go for it, go for it. If you have another person with a family who you have to consider, I think it is so important to have at least a conversation, maybe a hundred, and it shouldn't be, you know, if it's Thanksgiving, it shouldn't be Wednesday night. If it's Christmas Eve, it shouldn't be Christmas Eve Eve. Or if it's Christmas day, it shouldn't be Christmas Eve. You need to discuss it. You need to discuss it openly, as objectively as possible and you need to establish the rules or boundaries for how you as a unit or as a family are going to approach things and it should not happen in the moment i mean you have to enforce them in the moment but you have to be prepared (laughs) beforehand and say you know i'm fine with going to your parents but i think three hours is probably enough time and by the way, yeah. three hours sounds like a lot, then it's two, it's one, you know, whatever works for you. If this topic comes up, we're gone or be prepared to back me up <laughs> or, you know, yeah. know yes. that I'm going to participate in this way. I really think a lot of people avoid those conversations and then you end up sitting in agony for five hours at you know, your families or your in-laws boiling instead of, you know, having a lovely Thanksgiving with just your unit or putting in your time and then saying that's enough. Yeah. And I feel like part of the conversation can be like, if it's really bad or if there has been like some drama or some, something traumatic in the past saying like, how important is it for me to come with you? How much does this mean to you? And then either sit, if they say it doesn't really matter, then bowing out and saying, no, thank you. Or saying, okay, well, if it's that important, here's the ways that you can support me. I think that's perfect. And I also want to point out that when I say that the conversation needs to be objective, that doesn't mean you don't share your experience and your emotions. It just means you have to be open to things. You have to try to present facts, evidence, especially if it's, you know, I get very uncomfortable when this topic comes up, then just tell what your experience is. That's still objective. You're telling your experience of it. But don't get too into, don't assume what maybe your spouse's family member meant when they said something. Just, hey, I can't tolerate, for me, I can't tolerate the N-word. That That's not, I'm done. I'm out, right? When that happens. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. The fact that we still have to right. say those kinds of things is very depressing. Right. 
as I'm listening to you say these things, I'm pretty proud of myself because I thought for sure I was like, I have some boundary issues, but I was like, wait, no, I have set that boundary. I've set that boundary. So it's good. And it's reassuring to hear those. And then it's also good tips to know of other places we can kind of say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop. That's going to be a hard stop yes, for me. Exactly. So for us for Thanksgiving, my husband and I have decided that we are going to have Thanksgiving dinner here as a family, and then we're going to go have dessert at his family's Perfect. house. So that was sort of like the the give and take there, because I didn't feel right about saying, no, we're not going to go at all, or, you know, and he didn't either. So we were like, what can we do that's that middle ground where we still get to see everybody, but it's not five or six hours right. <laughs> enduring like possible tension or conflict when certain topics come up have a code have a phrase oh that's yes, good absolutely have a phrase or even just say hey you know when i say oh i'm not sure how the turkey's sitting that means time to go i'm not yes, feeling well or, and yeah. you know i think it's a good time to practice taking care of each other and each other's boundaries you know as your unit because part of a large part of why we do this why we go to other people's families on holidays is exactly what amy said because it's important to our partner so we're doing it to honor the relationship but if we feel like we're losing so much of ourselves in it are we still honoring the relationship so we honor the relationship by talking about it beforehand saying here are my limits and watch me you know that when politics comes up, I'm probably going to start to get heated if your family, you know, is on this side. And I, I'll be honest, I hate how divisive politics can be. I love to have a good political conversation with someone who disagrees with me if we can just have a conversation. I have about two people in my life who I can do that with. They won't be at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so it's not going to happen. I have texted my family prior to a large family get together and said, Hey, I am so excited to see everybody. I would really appreciate it if we just loved each other today and we're grateful for our time together and didn't talk about politics. Now keep in mind, 95% of my family members, we all vote the same way. We believe the same thing. Yeah. I just don't need to hear it all the time. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even if you're on the same side, sometimes you just need a breather. Absolutely. And, and I think- And there's other things to talk about. Right, and, but those other things probably should not be hot topics, right? Like I will yeah. get heated about anything in psychology. If we start talking about trans kids, I guarantee I am gonna be at the table with a red face fighting with somebody. And, and that's just how it goes. Yeah. So like Thanksgiving, not the time to do it. How do we navigate those types of conversations? If someone says something, that's that gets you super mm -hmm. heated and you don't want to cause this big family right. blowout at a holiday dinner that is an what excellent do we question do? so a great idea is to have some phrases in mind you know because i'm not the good vibes only kind of person but i do think there are appropriate times for conversations and i don't think it is worth our emotional energy to argue with someone when we're not going to educate we're not going to change their mind so let's say you know, someone says something that I think is wrong, I completely disagree with, it's hurting other people. I think the first step is to say something like, you know what, not everybody holds that viewpoint. Maybe we could talk about something else that's a little lighter on Thanksgiving, right? And then you see what happens. I love that. If that doesn't land well, then I think you say, all right, you know, I've already suggested maybe this isn't the best idea, 
I think this conversation needs to end. That's a pretty hard stop. If then the conversation doesn't end, I think you have every right to say, all right, but actually I'm out. I'm going to leave now. And that's just how it is. And I think you can say, I don't, I'm leaving now because I don't want to cause a problem. I don't want this to get so big. I'm trying to preserve our connection and some gratitude for the day <laughs> by leaving. Mm -hmm. Right. I think for those of us who maybe aren't there yet, those are all so good. Um, I'm just thinking like, if you're not at a place where you're ready to do that, even though that's yeah. not that challenging, other options could be that I've used. <laughs> ah, I get up and go to the bathroom. Absolutely. The bathroom is your best friend. <laughs> I take my glass of wine to another room in the house. Um, I forgot something in the car. I go to the yeah. car. Like I then go to the car and text the person I'm with and I'm like, we're getting the fuck out of here. You know what yeah. I mean? Whatever it is, I or like I've, I've hid in other rooms. You know what I yeah. mean? Just because it's like fighting with someone on Facebook and comments. Like there's just no point in of it. And so yeah. removing yourself is 100% your right. And it's yes. okay. Yes. And I want to say that, first of all, Amy, you're not the only one who does that. Same. It, I can say all of these things now in the moment it's 50 50 whether yeah. I can pull it out depending on who the other person is how many people are around you know what I think the impact is going to be but I've had people in session talk about you know leaving the room or even leaving the whole situation and then feeling really guilty that they didn't stand up for a specific group of people or something and I think that's a really harsh self-judgment. So I want people to feel totally fine with taking care of yourself in whatever way you need to in these situations. You can fight the good fight somewhere else. The good fight doesn't happen at your family's or your in-laws on Thanksgiving. That's not the good fight. But we all have our line, right? So somebody drops the N-word or the R-word. I'm like, mm, okay, here we go. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if someone's just like- I literally said, I'm sorry, I feel sick, gotten up, left the room and never re-entered. <laughs> yeah. I did feel sick. You did, yeah. Exactly. Not that because of the food, but- Right. Saturday Ugh. Night Saturday Night Live has this skit called, on the weekend update called Drunk Uncle. And- Oh yeah. <laughs> One of their cast members, Bobby Moynihan, plays Drunk Uncle, and he comes on and does all says all of the things that I think we have experienced at the holiday dinner table with a certain family member. And especially if they're intoxicated at all, I think that's one of the times where we choose not to say anything and just exit the situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts about you that? Know I, I'm actually really glad that you brought up alcohol because when we were, you know, talking about this in the beginning, I was like, oh, boundaries and alcohol, they can help. I didn't say it out loud and I'm glad I didn't because I do think alcohol is, is something we should probably manage. Watching how much other people are having, knowing when to engage, when not to engage, and maybe watching how much we have in these situations, knowing that like prefrontal cortex gets, gets disabled, <laughs> we, you know, and probably not the best time. It's gonna increase our emotionality. You wanna have a glass of wine, you know, or drink with your dinner, 
fine, but this is probably also not the time for us to be getting shit-faced when involved with other people. Wait till you're home, it's done. Do whatever you want then. But having copious amounts of alcohol in a situation where you're already uncomfortable, it feels like the thing we want to do, I think a lot of times, and like something that will help, but it can just be an igniter. It, it can just like take the flames yeah. and- Yeah. You know, turn it into a bonfire of in my, words and our words and fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and in Don't my brain, there. like I was able to stop doing that when I realized my exit is my damn car. And so I need yes. to at any point in time be able to get in that car and drive safely home with my children. Like, bye. So yeah. that and then allow myself to say there is a whole bottle waiting for you at home. <laughs> Yes. Just yes. get there. And Just get there. Curl up on the couch. <laughs> do whatever you want. There are so many. Now I'm thinking about, like, because we're talking about alcohol, I'm thinking about boundaries with food and how that can get difficult. How people can be so pushy with, well, you haven't tried my whatever. And people eat so much and then they feel like shit for the next three days because they're consuming things they don't normally consume and they didn't really want to. And that's just how the physical body feels. Then emotionally, we feel guilty for eating all of this stuff. Like, feel free to say no to anything. One of my favorite things is people, I'll be like, oh, I'll try a half of that cupcake or whatever. And then I get, mm but you're skinny, why do you need to do that? I've literally started saying to people, listen, I have a problem with sugar. Do you want me to shit myself? Or do you, do you want me to have half a cupcake? I love that too. I mean, the conversation ends right there. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so I do want to bring this up because I know that I'm not the only person who's experienced this before. I have also at the holiday dinner, dinner table had, and I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum where I am not skinny and I have had someone tell me. I hate me, this story, Sarah. I, I want to punch I'm somebody sorry. in the face. Okay, I have ahead. had someone tell me to put down the fork like, <gasps> and stop eating. So... I wasn't eating that much to, to be honest with you, but still, No, but you shouldn't even have to say that. Exactly. But I was told I've had, I had had enough. What do you suggest? Because at that time I bit my tongue. I stood up, I walked away from the table. It was in my house at the time. So I started like kind of doing dishes and stuff, but right. I was crying and that to myself, like quietly, nobody knew my reaction of getting up and walking away, upset the person who said it to me. And they no got mad and started yelling at me like, I can't say anything to you. And when those types of things happen and someone kind of ignites and initiates contact when yes. you've tried to pull away, do you have suggestions for that? Yes, and I think Amy's strategy of walk away first, that is fine. Take a moment, but really sit with yourself, befriend yourself, experience it, and come up with something that you feel confident in to say back or just remove yourself because as you're talking, I can think of, you know, 10 things that I want to say to this person. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were in my body and know whether or not I'm still fucking hungry. But in the moment, I would have been like, oh, probably, and just slithered away and, and done what you did. So give yourself time and always know that the time you take feels so much longer to you than to the other person. It will feel like an eternity and it will probably be an unnoticeable five seconds. 
see how you feel and come up with something to say if it is important to you to stand up and also do not feel bad about going back to that person later and saying, listen, because I love you and value our relationship, if that is true, I want you to know <laughs> that when you said that, this is how I experienced it. And I don't want to have that anymore. Also, it is totally fine to say, listen, last time I checked, grown ass adult, I get to feed myself. Right. <laughs> like, so this is somebody, it sounds like who doesn't want to take responsibility for their actions, right? I can't say anything to you. It's you. You're too sensitive. You have every right to say, actually, that was just really rude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really exactly. rude. Right. <laughs> And you also have every right to say, I'm not going to engage with this. Right. I just can't. We've been down this road 25 times. I'm not doing it again. That's a really great response, I feel like, because that is the case. So I think that saying yeah. like, you know what, I'm just not, we're not going to talk about it. We've already gone down this road. Like you said, we've already d done this, had this dance. You know, and it really sucks to feel like you have to set up rules for a family gathering or friend gatherings, but yeah. I think that's fine. You know, send a text beforehand to everybody coming. Give them a day or two notice. Say, you know, here are the ground rules. If any of this happens, bye. Or I'm leaving. Yeah. It's sad, but I think we have to do it. And it's just a way to set things up. And I also think it's important to remember, kind of going back to what we talked about in the beginning, that everybody's experience of family is not what your experience of family is, what hmm. my experience of family is. You know, I hear family and I think it's wonderful. Yay, we're all going to be together. Other people hear family and that is the most dangerous, threatening thing they've heard. So I think it can also be helpful to set up debrief time with a really good friend. Yeah, yeah. And say, I need to tell you what happened so that I can leave it and then not go through it in my head. Yes. All the way between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So then I come in gunning for this person. Yeah. For Christmas Day. Oh. <laughs> because I've been playing it over yes. and over and over. Yes. Amy and I have a mutual friend. She and I have a Thanksgiving day and Christmas day back and forth where we do that on text. So she'll be like, well, Perfect. this is what brother-in-law said right now about this. And I'm like, oh my God. So we're able to just like vent it out in the moment and through text. And then we are able to leave it behind. But yeah, that's a good idea. I like yeah. that a lot. You do need to get it out, I think, because mm -hmm. otherwise the mind makes it its job to play it again and again. And then you start, you know, oh, why didn't I say this? Or I can't believe that person said that. Oh, I'm going to be so ready. <laughs> and like all of this is happening in your head, by the way, and your blood pressure is going up. Like it's unnecessary. Right. Or if it's we'll something it like out. put the fork down, I would in my head be like, throw okay, the fork well, at them. No, I wouldn't even be angry. See, I would probably go to a place of like re-questioning all of my values about my self-image and my body image. Yep. And I would be like, yep. maybe they're right. Oh my God, maybe I am not taking, maybe until you tell your best friend and yep. they're like, fuck that. Right. Wrong. Yep. They're exactly. wrong. You have to stop the cycle. That's such a good point. Like by saying yep. it, you're stopping it because you can gaslight the fuck out of yourself. Right. And so another great time for our zoom out technique. Yes. Watch that situation yes. at the table. Mm -hmm. See yourself being treated this way. See your response. And then feel free to walk back into that situation with the response you wish you had. Oh, I love that. Yes. Play it again and see yourself doing it for yourself. Even if it's only, you know, in your own mind, in your own heart or to a friend. Say, I wish I would have said this. Your friend will say, me too. 
but I know that that's, that's you. Yeah. Let's go have that bottle of wine waiting for us. That's right. That's right. As much as people's families are different, I found our answers or our results. This was a poll that we did on Instagram. And so it says seeing family for Thanksgiving is so equally dispersed, done out of obligation, joyful, or at least fine. And I choose not to see family. Like I was just shocked that there's that many people in each category because there are still people, I guess, that have joyful. I'm so lucky, you guys. Patreons are getting all the good stuff. You can see the hand raising and all the facial expressions and the rage that's happening like behind the scenes. You guys got to get on Patreon if you're not. Think about that. Only so if it was evenly split and there were three responses. Like bless only your heart. Right. Only a third of people are yeah. with family on holidays. And keep in mind, I would say joyful to fine. That's a pretty wide spectrum. We don't know what part of it is. <laughs> right. Joyful. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't laugh, but truly, I think it's really important, especially if you are, you know, like me, you are lucky enough to really enjoy time with your family. I'm 99% sure you have at least one friend who doesn't feel that way. And you probably know who that friend is. So maybe use some time to be there for them, you know, over the next few days after to say, hey, how did it go? Do you need to talk about anything? And I think for the people who choose not to see family, what I've learned is that it doesn't help to like force them to come to your house. Some people have set that up as a way to have a day to themselves where they watch Netflix, they eat whatever they want, and they just relax. And I've learned that, that that is something planned they are very aware of what they're doing and that's what they want to do. So I think the invitation is always nice, but knowing like that they're home alone is not something to feel bad for them. That's yeah. their choice and that's what they want to do and enjoy that because that sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah, and, and recognize that as someone else's boundary, right? Yeah. That they're setting and you're setting your own. We need a lot more live and let live, I think, yeah. in these kinds of situations. Yeah, for sure. What are our other Instagram poll results? Okay, so this one said, do differing politics interfere with your holidays? And that was a little bit different because 50% was yes. 25% said no. And 17% said yes, but when they do, I feel feel okay about speaking up. And eight said, no, I have set solid boundaries, 8%. Well, it sounds like way more than 50% actually have problems with it, right? It's just 50% just said, yeah, there's a problem. Another percentage said, well, I can speak up, but it's still a problem, it's right? It's still a problem, you have yes. To speak up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then other people were like, no, I'm just, yeah. I just sink into my chair and don't yeah. say anything. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting that there is a percentage that just say no, but when I went back, it's also some of the people that choose not to see their family for the holidays. Oh. There you go. That makes sense. <laughs> right. It doesn't interfere because I don't see them. Right. The safe assumption, though, is if you are with your family, there are, you know, there are at least some people who don't agree. So how about we just don't talk about politics then? Yeah. And I will say I have said that hey, let's not talk about politics or suggested it to other people and then heard, oh, if you say that, well, they're just going to talk about it more. Well, then they're not adults. Like, don't engage them. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I just want to know when, cause, because that's been a boundary, I feel like, that has been a well-known boundary in America, at least, that you don't mm -hmm. talk about money or politics or religion. Or religion. 
Religion. Those are the off mm-hmm. off limits topics. And all of the sudden, you know, in the past five years or so, politics yeah. is just back on the table and people feel yeah. totally free just saying whatever they want. And it's really interesting to me. I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, over the past six years, I would say there is a very good possibility that anybody you're talking to, unless you know their politics, holds a different view than you do. Mm-hmm. Yet people seem to operate from the assumption that everybody agrees with them. Yes. Yes. So just assume the opposite and don't do it Yeah. with strangers, you know, at a happy event. If you can have an agreement with someone, I, of course, we're back to politics, right? About we're going to discuss it. We're going to discuss it in this way. And it feels purposeful, meaningful, helpful. Fine. But that's probably not going to happen at an alcohol-fueled family gathering. <laughs> no. Amen. <laughs> There's just no point. Yeah, let that let that one go. You are not changing anybody's party line over Turkey. No. Over Turkey. No. Exactly. No. You know, I think that we could throw in here too. Gosh, there's two things. Um loss and grief, right? So that changes a lot of holiday situations. One thing never to assume is that I'm sure Sarah would agree is that just because the first holiday is over, that the rest of them aren't as hard that you just don't know. You have no idea what that what that person is feeling in that moment in that day. And your whole what you do for the holiday shifts because of that. We just decided to fucking do completely different when my husband died because the traditions that we did before are just too hard to do. Well, he did the cooking, so that seemed weird. So I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Oh, I'm going to order it every time. If we're eating food here, we're ordering from some restaurant that makes it for me. But the second thing that I've learned is that allow yourself to just let go and divorce your family. If the trauma is so deep and there is no way to make it work or to make it a place that isn't going to steal your peace so much, just be done just because it your blood relatives does not mean that you need to be with them and I have to say since I've done that that's also been an amazing thing and I'm hoping that I'm teaching that to my kids like it doesn't matter that we're related like it's if, if it's that deep if this is more than just like somebody's like I love whatever sort of politic thing at, at dinner if it's beyond that you don't need to put yourself in that shit just because they're your family. Peace out. Like, bye. Those are some things that I think that I had to give myself the freedom to do. And I will never look back and regret that at all. That's wonderful. And I, my mind is just kind of racing as you're talking about it. And I think the first thing to recognize is we should not let the happenstance of birth dictate our happiness for the rest of our lives especially if we're talking about people you only see on holidays. Is that a real family? Right. You know, is that just an obligation? Is such there a, good a point. part of the tradition that you love and want to be a part of? Or again, is it just, we always do this. It's time to kind of blow we always do this out of the water and do what works. You know, do you guys know Slumberkins or your kids too much older? Eli has, they're these cute little stuffed animals and they all teach a different lesson. And Eli has an otter that my best friend gave him and it's really soft and cute. And the otter has a heart family and you learn all about your family and it can be your mother, your father, sister, brother, you know, grandparents, pets 
friends, you get to choose your heart family. And then there's this little heart that you can give to someone in your heart family so that you know you're connected, you know, even when you're far away. But I love the idea of thinking about your heart family. Spend your holidays mm -hmm. with your heart family. That to me is so much more meaningful. I, and again, I'm in this apparently weird situation where my family is a large part of my heart family. And it's lovely to want to spend time together. And I believe we do it because we choose to, for the most part. If you wouldn't choose to be with your family, why maintain that? And then the other thing is, I'm so glad that you brought up grief, Amy, because grief and loss are almost always magnified by holidays. And that's not gonna go away. Everything we feel is felt more because of all of the circumstances, all of the pressure. So we have to allow ourselves to just explore it, to feel it. And I think opening up, it's not really the zooming out, but being able to sit with what feel like or what we're taught are contradictory or opposite emotions like joy and grief. What if they're just part of the whole human experience and we can hold both of them? And I think that's kind of, I don't like a goal for it, but that's what we yeah. should maybe allow the experience to be. Could you give some advice to those of us who, for some reason, can't figure out what's wrong with them? <laughs> like, so when the holidays start to approach, mm -hmm. I start to get very emotional, very sad and yeah. irritable. And it takes me days to figure out why. And it's the grief that's hitting me. But yeah. I can't recognize that when it begins to happen for some reason, it takes me time. Is there a way for us to <laughs> remember that and be able to keep that in mind and like just tips because it's to, to realize it faster I think because for me it's it's frustrating there are there are days and sometimes it'll be a full week no my my mom died and was buried on the same day my dad died so like there is this time now right. that is very very tough and when that started to approach I was really struggling in a lot of areas and but it, it did not click for me for a good solid week. How can we help that along? <laughs> is there a way or is that just kind of how it is? So you now have insight. You know that you miss it when it's coming on. So I would say have a little document, you know, whether it's a note on your phone, something you keep on your desk next to your bed where you write down, this is what grief looks like for me. Mm. This is when it usually happens. When you start to notice these feelings like, the fuck is going on? Why do I feel this way? Go look at that. And it will probably be a quick reminder of that's why. And remember that the body often remembers before the mind does. So incredibly true. Yes. Our emotional body starts giving us hints before we can make sense of it. And I think it's super complicated by things like having a history of major depression. Because mm -hmm. then we start going through, well, am I just depressed as if you know that's not yes. enough right yes right and but for you you know time of year you know the experience so be aware of it and i don't necessarily love the idea of like marking it on your calendar a week before right and <laughs> yeah because you don't want to anticipate it and set it up again a great 
way to use a strong relationship like a partner, a trusted friend, say, hey, I've noticed the past three years, the past 20 years, whatever it is, this happens for me. Could you maybe put something in your calendar, you know, as a reminder to watch out for me at this time and check in? Yeah, that's a really good idea. Holidays are a tough time too. And I think, you know, Amy, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's where it hits you days after it started and you're like, oh, that's what's wrong with me or... <laughs> no, it does. I think that it definitely does. In the moment, you really can't see straight right, or think straight. So you don't know. Yeah. But that's weird because it is exactly the same with depression. It oh, is. Yes. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking I'm like, this is the same thing that happens to me. It's not until later when I'm like, oh, that was what the fuck was wrong. Yeah. Well, right. And it's, it's tough because it feels so familiar. And it's, you know, like our conversation about depression, it feels like us. And we have to say, no, Bob no grief, no depression, no whatever. You're not part of me. I can, and we don't want to not feel it, right? We can feel it and it can be there, but it doesn't have to drag us down. And I think too, another thing with this and just holidays in general, allow maybe even plan for extra self-care or even just buffers of time where there's nothing planned where you know you can take a nice long bath or just go read something completely unrelated to what's happening. Don't get overly scheduled. It is so easy to do during the holidays that if you've got some time for yourself, you can even look at it as, oh, there's time for me to breathe. Mm -hmm. So don't take on too much. It's another boundary, not 500 cookies. 250 (laughs) will probably be fine, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So would you suggest kind of the same boundary type practices of stepping away if you're hit with a moment of grief when you're at a holiday function? Absolutely. Do whatever you need. You could step away. I also think if you are with people who shared in that loss, a lot of times people are afraid to bring it up. If you feel okay with it, I think it would also be fine to say, hey, I'm really missing dad right now is anyone else feeling that and see what happens I mean I also get that we're kind of opening up a Pandora's box you might hear no Mm -hmm. and that could impact things too it's really up to you and how you feel but step back and maybe just watch the feeling and I also think too there would be nothing wrong with if you are really missing that person bring them there right notice the felt sense of them within you Mm -hmm. and experience it with them I was reading something just the other day. Someone wrote in asking for advice on how to live with the loss of her 25-year-old son in a car accident. And this advice I thought was so profound. The person said, look at a picture of your son as a newborn. Look at a picture of your son at four years old. Look at a picture of your son at 10 years old, 14 years old, 20 years old, 25 years old. Know that that physical form changed. He's different in every picture. But your love for him is the same all the way through. And that is the lasting connection. You know, so maybe you do an exercise like that. Picture that person. Hold them there with you. Feel that love. And there's still going to be loss. There's still going to be grief but maybe there's even more of a connection that you can experience while still experiencing what's happening in the moment. The thing that comes with me with that 
just taking it another place is like I like to do this thing with Scott or I'll walk away and I'll be like what do you think of that shit show yes Um, absolutely because (laughs) um he would be appalled well way more than me he had no filter with things I've taught myself I should say that how to engage him in the moment when I like have to be by myself I'm like, you know, lots of times I'm just like, what the fuck is that about? What do you think of that? It's kind of the way that I feel connected to him is in the insanity of life and people's stupid ass shit that they say and the way they behave. Because, you know, the people we love would be just as appalled at the same things that we are appalled at. Yeah. Wow. That was a lot. Thank you. That was some amazing advice. Thank Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I hope this helps people to understand, first of all, that they're not alone. Um, You can hear that all three of us have very different experiences and all very similar. And I'm sure that all of you out there have the same or different or whatever, but this advice covers all of it. Take what you need, throw away the rest, but just know that you're not the only one feeling the things you're feeling. Right. But you might be the only one taking care of yourself, so do it. Yes, you're number one, and I think the world tries to tell us we're not, but yeah, you are because you've got to take care of yourself first. That's a good prep thing, too. I would say, like, if you can, on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, rest, do something that makes your heart happy, Mm -hmm. and be prepared to walk into the fire, I guess. <laughs> if that's and the case. And turn around and walk the fuck back out if you need yes. to. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you, Dr. Katie. Thank you, ladies. Happy holidays. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to sing it. These two can well, sing Sarah it. Well, Sarah and I will do our album without you. <laughs> I will be I feel your like we need to like. You can be our backup dancer. Little backup dancer thing, yes. <laughs> I've, I've gotten a little better with rhythm. Maybe I could do the tambourine. I don't know. <laughs> I could play the keyboard. Huh? Um, anyways, thank you. And happy holidays is what I wanted to Dang. say. I can't yes. sing it, um, but I can say it. Whatever it is you celebrate, even if it's um, reading a book and watching Netflix. That's a great celebration. Sounds like a, a fantastic fan. holiday that to me. sounds so good to me. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner theme song and other music provided by epidemic sound all episodes are mixed mastered and produced by me sarah simone to help us keep making episodes just like this one consider supporting us on patreon.com slash unqualified therapists inc or share us with a friend relative co-worker hairstylist butcher baker candlestick maker sharing us not only helps keep the mics on but it furthers our mission in removing the stigma if you have a mental health journey you'd like to share email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com or reach out to us on our website, www.unqualifiedtherapists.com. Until next time, hold on, warrior. We're gonna make it.